Good afternoon and welcome to Open Air. Good afternoon, Ashwini. Hey, Jim. Hey. So we do have one announcement today, and it is that meditation is one of the most effective ways to train the attention to be with present moment experience. Join Sangha for our virtual meditation groups, conference calls, meditation sessions that take place seven days a week. For more information about this and other practice opportunities, visit livingcompassion.org. And we have a number of callers here, Ashwini, so let's get started. Okay. First caller, you're now live on the air, and would you please introduce yourself? Hi, this is Michael in Pennsylvania. Hey, Michael. Hey, Ashwini. Um, I noticed that conditioning has been in a bad mood all day long, <laughs> knowing that I was mm. planning to call in tonight. Mm. And she's uh, generally irritated and not going to be pacified or um, so definitely uh, the right thing to do to keep uh, ego mm-hmm. unhappy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, definitely not going to get pacified, regardless of what you do. So you might as well do what you want to do. That's a good point. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you. And um, so I've been looking at uh, work, and uh, I have an upcoming meeting, an all-day meeting. We have these quarterly all-day meetings for uh, the management team to look at kind of, you know, where we've been and where we're going. and. And conditioning has this big story that it's going to be a disaster because I don't like long meetings and I hate being cooped up and I'm going to have a panic attack and die of anxiety and um, uh, none of which has actually happened before. Um, And the funny thing is, well, funny or scarier, is that as, you know, it, it tries to terrify me or wake me up, you know, early in the morning tell me how awful this is going to be because, you know, usually I work from home and my schedule is more relaxed and I don't have these long meetings. And then as soon as I start looking at it or plan to call into open air, do two-handed recordings, then, you know, it just disappears as a problem, right? It just just doesn't even Mm -hmm. show up on the radar the more I, like, pursue it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Precisely. And so you're working with it as as we – as we encourage to work with everything in practice, right? Here it is, start, the voices start up and you redirect attention. So when you ignore them, there is no problem because they are the ones that are creating the problem. Say that again, when I know them, did you say? Well, well when you notice the voices start up, you redirect your attention. You pick up the recorder, oh. you, you redirect your attention. And so when you redirect yeah. your attention, then you're not on the, the, the process that is creating the problem. That's yeah. why there is no yeah. problem. <laughs> right, right, right. Mm. And it does, it does feel like that, you know, I'm not, we talk about, you know, I can get in the habit of redirecting the attention as a, like a, an avoidance kind of thing. And it doesn't mm-hmm. really feel like that. Um, and the other thing I've done is um, sort of write down for myself some things that I can uh, ways to take care of myself during the meeting, you know, take a break, go outside, record and listen, because the this, this story is, is something like that I need to be uh, 100% on and perfectly attentive, you know, for those eight or nine hours. And, uh, you know, there's going to be all this scrutiny of me and it's all just it's all made up because as far as I can tell everybody there loves me it's you know as close to a practice environment for work as I can imagine and I actually like what we're doing and uh, enjoy it and think it's of value to the world so I you know my suspicion is that this is just a huge con that's being um, perpetrated on me well, they, I, I project you're right, especially because what it's asking you to do, uh, I mean, it's actually true, right? Michael, you're not just, you're, you don't have to just be present to 
nine hours at work. Your entire life is about being present to being in the moment, every moment of your life. Yeah. So it's the tone of voice with which it's suggesting that that seems to be, oh, it's a problem that you have to pay attention every moment for eight hours, that you're going to be on for eight hours. Absolutely, I'm, pre- I'm going to be pre- If you're on retreat, you'd be on for 10 hours. <laughs> right? Yeah. What, what it's yeah. actually saying is there isn't going to be any opportunity for me you're not going to be yes. attending to me for eight hours. Boo-hoo. Yes. Yes. Right? Yes. And there is going to be scrutiny. But the only scrutiny there is going to be is by ego of you. Yeah. Because as you said, everybody else, you know, they're, they're all probably quaking with whatever, I mean, dealing with whatever ego they're, ta- they're, they're having a conversation with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And as you say that, it reminds me of like, you know, it's as if the whole world revolves around me. And everybody's, you know, looking at me and seeing how I'm doing and seeing how I'm falling short. And um, right. that's what ego would like. That would, that would be ego's best scenario. All of the attention focused on it. Right? Right, right. Not necessarily right. you, in a good way, because if it isn't in a good way, then, then you, you, you are miserable, which is wonderful for the system. Right. Are you saying that ego wants, ego is trying to, um, well, it's trying to make the stakes really high, and it's trying to make it into this huge contest and um, something that I'm going to fail at. Um, and there are all these yeah. standards it's, for how I have to, how I have to be there, you know, and I can't be distracted and I can't, you know, I always have to be fully paying attention. And, and uh, you know, we've had long meetings before and, you know, I, they, they're tiring to me or to somebody. Um, and, um, you know, I, I survived them. I've been fine. And, uh, and I was actually reading a book mm-hmm. about sort of work and management and it, it said something interesting. It's like, you know, meetings like, should be exhausting. I mean, like, if I'm doing good work, then I can see how, um, you know, that quote about at the end of life, you know, to be thrown mm-hmm. on the scrap mm-hmm. heap of Completely life. Used and used up. Up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do want to, you know, participate yeah. and give my all. And um, that will take energy. Precisely. That is definitely the perspective. So if I'm wholeheartedly engaged in something, then it takes all my energy. And the only thing that feels depleted is, is ego because it doesn't get my energy. But if I may, um, Michael, there is something you started out with which is really, really important about redirecting attention uh, as a way to avoid something, right? Yes. Because yeah. what, what it sounds like, there's several things to explore in this process, and that is probably why you called into the show. Because it's an interesting process. And the thing we want to remember is we are training all the time. And when we train, we get information. So you know for a fact that if it's an eight-hour meeting, there's information for you that that not, not just simply what ego does to scare you before the meeting or to get your attention or make you suffer or what the content and structure and process of that are. But long meetings, you have, you have been with this group of people for a while. You understand how they operate. There is a pattern recognition process in intelligence that says, Michael, you have experience of these meetings. And so, yeah, the ego, ego would like to make you believe that you're not going to survive it, that you're going to do something that would embarrass you and you're not going to be able to pay attention and people are going to notice and all of those things, which you can ignore. But as you said, if, the, if, the, if you have information about how this is going to go, then you, you do let life suggest how you want to take care of yourself in the process. Yeah. But the taking care of yourself in the process is to be looking to life to give you information, not set it up in a way that causes you to have to avoid all of the things that conditioning is saying are likely to happen. 
by artificially trying to create a structure that will help you avoid those things. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so if I'm okay. following you, what you're saying is that um, intelligence guides me in every moment, and I have experience from life and from these people of how things operate, and I can take care of myself in these ways, um, which is different from trying to avoid life because I'm not adequate to it. Or is that kind of that's well in its in its two ways so let, let's just let's just say that uh, you have information that in meetings such as these people seldom take breaks and yeah. it would be helpful to everybody if a break could be taken so you could yeah. you, instead of saying well i need to go out and periodically take breaks and that's the way i take care of myself and i'll do it every three hours because i need to do that you, you, you are aware, it's in, your, it's in your awareness that people tend to go way beyond the time when it's helpful for everybody. It's like, let's take a break, take yeah. a couple of minutes to stretch and stand up, might be good for everybody. And there's an appropriate moment in which that could happen. So you're watching for that, right? Let life drop in to say yeah. for everybody. It might be, you know, I, uh, you're at a good, good point. Maybe everybody could take a five-minute break and we could reconvene. And you are the grown-up in the room, not just taking care of you, but taking care of everybody appropriately and facilitating the process. Yes, 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 yes. And in these particular quarterly meetings, there's like an external facilitator uh, who comes in, which is good, and he does do some of that, um, take a break here and there. So that is that is good, and uh, yeah. So yeah. So it's like being tuned into life and the moment and the meeting and how it's unfolding and seeing what's going on with me and seeing okay, now's a good time to you know take a break, go outside, use the bathroom, record and listen, um, uh, taking care of me in a way that takes care of everybody. That's right. It's what's compassionate for all. Because there yeah. is a way in which you, so if I have constructed my life in order not, in order for me to be all right, and now I'm going into a situation where I have no control over the construct of my life, that's what produces the anxiety, that anxiety, right? Because I'm not in control yeah. over the, over my schedule and the structure. So I yeah. have to trust the moment I have to trust intuition, I have to trust the intelligence that informs me and my facilitation skills to be able to take care of myself because I can't organize it in order for that to happen. And so we surrender to that, right? You're not going to be yeah. able to, to, to define your schedule in a way that you, you could take the breaks when you want to take them and be all right when you want to uh, record and listen or any of those things. This is, a, this is like life, metaphorically speaking. This is outside your realm of control, right? And so now I get to be in the moment and see how I bring my practice to the fore in being all right and then paying attention and being as involved as I'm required to be and then recognizing when I need to sort of um, help facilitate a different process or energy <laughs> right. or whatever it is. Yeah, so if I'm following you, it's actually what's dropping in as, as you describe that is that there's a certain structure when I work from home, um, which is mostly sort of a variation on whatever I want to do whenever I want to do it. And so mm -hmm. I think conditioning feels especially constrained with a meeting that has, you know, 8 a.m. start time and whatever, 4 or 5 finish time, and, uh, you know, kind of going from unstructured to superstructured. And um, I think conditioning is, is that's where conditioning is trying to use that um, to build up this big something wrong, even though I know these people, I love these people, I've been in meetings with them before, and um, yeah. And here's the most important thing, Michael, you know how to facilitate, and you're doing that on the show at Open Air for God knows how long <laughs> now, not to mention you know how to pay attention. Yes, 
Yeah, I know how to pay attention. In other words, the very thing it's accusing you of not being able to do for eight hours is a thing you've trained for most of your life to do. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It must be desperate. Yeah, yeah, it brings me to tears, actually, when you say that. Yeah, because I've been training to take care of myself. And the other thing dropped in, as you said that, is, um, you know, when I've when I've taken breaks in these long meetings before, I'll say something to my boss, like, well, I'm going to go outside for a minute or take a break. or And he says, you be you. And um, he's very accepting. And he's very understanding. And he's very open. So, um, yeah, but there's no, like, there's no sort of reality to the problem other than this, like, conditioned feeling of, Oh my God, I'm going to die, which I guess is conditioning and talking, ego talking. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's why you want to be in the moment, right? Because um, it's, the, it's that place of, if you're sitting sashin and you feel like dying, there is there's that thing about always be compassionate, do more than conditioning says you should, and do less than, I mean, do more than conditioning says you can, and do less than what conditioning says you yeah. should. Right? Every situation has yeah. a principle of operation that allows me to be here enough to know the difference between when, when I'm being controlled and when yeah. there's information coming from life. And so, yeah. so, that, so that, that's the whole genesis of attempting to fix my schedule, right? Because then I, then I don't have to pay attention. But when there's no structure, I have to pay attention. I have to be able to be here enough to know what's, what's compassionate for me within the context of what's compassionate for all. And God forbid, go up against the conditioned process and say something. Hmm. Say that last part. I didn't call it, follow that last part about say something. Well, in the sense, and say something. Okay, it's time to take a break. Or it's time for me to take a break. Uh-huh, yes. Right? Yeah. I mean, which is, which is, which is what you're pointing to. If you, if, you, if you find out you're tired and you tell your boss you need to take a break and your boss says it's fine, then what are the voices going to do? Michael, how could you be such a wimp? Why do you have to what, – what if you miss something? What would other people think of you if you just walk outside? If you don't take a break, oh, I'm going to die. Uh, I can't survive this anymore. My atten- I just have to close my eyes or wander off or distract myself and then somebody asks me a question. And so there's the setup for, I don't know what was just said. I, didn't, I don't have a response. Right. What's wrong with you? Yeah. Right? Yeah. 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 And it, just, it, it perfectly goes back to uh, do more than conditioning says I can and do less than conditioning says I should um, to find that middle way that is, you know, available um, in the moment. As things yeah, precisely. And you have training frameworks for that, right? For the, the first sit you ever did, you didn't think you could last 30 minutes. Right. But the structure right. allows you to be all right with whatever happens. It's not about you sitting perfectly for 30 minutes. It's about being right. with whatever comes up with you, co- comes up for you in that 30 minutes, right? Then you yeah. do a sit walk yeah. that lasts two hours. And now you've just increased the, 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 the standard of the container, right? For yeah, two hours you're going yeah. to pay attention. And then you, in the monastery you're sitting from 8 o'clock in the morning to 8 o'clock at night and sitting to Sheen. Who would have thought that you could do that? Right. So that place of, as the spiritual warrior, we're putting ourselves into situations that, that – uh, uh, allow us to train to see whatever comes up, whatever the circumstance, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. So yes. It's not yes. just even a place of, I'm just going to survive this. It's a place of, I'm going to pay attention to however it goes. Yeah, yeah. And a sense of, okay, bring it on. Um, I want to see you. And I do get That's the right. sense that um, it kind of comes to a crescendo, to a climax conditioning, and then it just, it just, disappears. I mean, I remember That's sitting right. in meetings and just writing, when I can feel the conditioning, I just write, thank you, thank you, in my notebook, over and over mm-hmm. and over. Mm-hmm. And it just, it just can't, can't maintain yes. it. Yes. 
It precisely, which is why we started the conversation. If I get, if it, if it's ramping up, it disappears if I don't attend to it. So wherever I am, I have the ability to pay attention, and I have the ability to redirect the attention. Against yeah. that, ego can't last. Yeah, and it's all, um, it's all going on inside my head. <laughs> So you know, there's, there's yes. nobody coming at there's nobody coming at me externally. Mm-hmm. There's nobody criticizing me. There's nobody like there's none of that. So it's all mm-hmm. um, it's an inside Made job, up. as we said. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you, Ashwini. Super helpful. Thanks, Michael. And and of course, let us know how it goes. I will. Okay. Sure. <laughs> okay. Thanks for joining us, Michael. And Ashwini, just, you know, such a helpful conversation all the way around. Um, I could really, that piece that you ended up really looking at in detail about that place of we feel like we need control in order to be all right, and how Mm -hmm. that very process of, is a process of being controlled and ultimately makes us not all right. Yes. Well, because it reduces our capability to be with all of the ways life is. Yeah. If I can only be okay with when the situation meets a particular criteria, then I live a very small life. Because it, it ends up feeling so real that then, I mean, of course, if I, I can be okay in this situation and not that situation, then I have to make sure I'm not in that situation. I have to, everything mm-hmm. revolves around that. That's exactly right. Whatever, whatever the version of that for us is, right, it does feel real. You know, I'll just say one, one quick thing that dropped in for me in that conversation was, um, it's, well, it's happened to me on the airplane, you know, really long flights. And then I noticed it again when we were recording books. And so there are these stretches of time where you need to be really, really still. Mm. And Mm-hmm. realizing how much movement and energy can be moved in the body simply with the breath mm-hmm. and how helpful mm-hmm. that is in those situations mm-hmm. where it, your your movement is limited and I think for a lot of us it seems very much so that the physiological well-being is assisted by movement but then we're in a situation where we can't move for whatever period of time mm-hmm. and to go to that place of you know, the cells can move, the, the breath can move, and the attention, mm-hmm. the, the attention mm-hmm. that's brought to that really, I noticed in those situations, brings such a sense of feeling loved and cared for. Mm-hmm. Yes, because the, if, as long as the inquiry shifts to fascination, it shifts to inquiry, not what is not, what can I not do is not the question. What mm-hmm. can I do becomes the question. That's beautiful. Always. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah. 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 What is possible in this situation? Yes. Which oh, that's, that's right. very good. Actually, I just saw how, and the only way that's available to us, like everything that we talk about all the time, is when I'm here. When I let go, the idea of how it should be that parallel universe that doesn't exist. When I accept yes. what's here, it's available to me. What is possible in this situation? Yeah. Yeah, that's very good. All right, I am going to shift us to good news. And so we will be back for more callers after that. Thanks, Jen. One moment, here we go. All right. And good afternoon. I'm pleased to be joined this afternoon by Virginia, who is here to speak with us about her experience of participating in the Summer of Sangha especially in a new offering that we're having this summer. Welcome, Virginia. Oh, hi, Jan. Thank you. Yeah. Yes, I'm, I'm here to share my experience about the process Q&A. Exactly. So, but if you have any words before that of being here to practice in the Summer of Sangha, you're certainly welcome to talk about that as well. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, don't miss it. It's a great opportunity. <laughs> don't miss it. That's the, that's the bottom line, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really is. You know, um, it really is. It, it's, 
it's sort of subtle, but it's, it's a really cool experience because we're practicing together as Sangha. First of all, there's the whole thing of being reunited with Sangha. For those of us who haven't seen, you know, not seen, but been with Sangha physically for, you know, since pre-pandemic. And, and also, so there's that. There's that joyful reunion, and um, it's really lovely. And, and also then there's the opportunity to practice kind of like living in the world and practicing. Yes. Because, you know, because we're, you know, staying off camp, you know, off the four acres and center, some of us, or even, if, you know, but the, there's buying food and getting groceries and, you know, there's doing the things of life and there's practicing, you know, so yeah. it, it, it's like we're in practice and then, we get they have this opportunity to also um, be in practice as we go about what yes, what we're doing. We about, exactly as we go about the activities that we wouldn't be doing if we were on a week long retreat where we weren't right. leaving the premises and we're completely in silence and someone's cooking for us and yeah 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 and it is a really um, you that might sound kind of diluted and my experience of it is it's not it's actually very powerful to um have the experience of practicing together and we have um activities that we do during the day there's a schedule and uh it's different every day and then and then you know like i go home at night or i go to this place that i'm staying and it's not. It's actually very powerful to to have that um, structure, and I don't know. It's just, it's like the power of practicing and the power of practicing together. It stays with me. Mm. Mm. Yes, and, and Virginia, you mentioned at the beginning that you were going to specifically talk about what we're calling these Q and A sessions. Um, that Ashwini is offering during the retreat. And it's, it really is, you know, in some ways, you know, the, it's not brand new in terms of, a, um, you know, what's happening in those sessions is, is very much in line with how we always practice. But the particular mm-hmm. form of this offering is new. So maybe you could talk about your experience of getting to participate in those sessions. Sure. Yes, of course. Um, so with the process Q&A, it's... Um, you, it's a um, is, is with Ashwini, and what we look at is like the how of how we practice, mm-hmm. as it says, like the process. So you might bring, you know, I might be looking at like creating a training structure, or I might be looking at um, more how to use process mapping with what I'm looking at, or how to use recording and listening. So it's kind of always around process and, mm-hmm. and kind of what I'm looking at. Mm-hmm. And um, what my, my experience has been, um, it has been a refresher course for me in mm-hmm. like in how we practice and also what, and what drew me to practice in the first place, which mm-hmm. is like this foundation of kindness and exploration. To me, I see that as like the foundation of our practice. Mm-hmm. That is lovely, Virginia. A foundation of mm-hmm. kindness and exploration. And boy, those two things go hand in hand. And that I love that that sense of being reintroduced. And as you were describing it, where I went to is, you know, so often, especially in the beginning of practice, there was a sense of, okay, process mapping. Yeah, and even after I had learned how to process map, there still can be a sense of, okay, and, you know, right. sort of what, right? How, do, how is that, what's the application here? And so I find those kinds of sessions unbelievably instructive. I mean, I think they're right up there with um, some of the most powerful forms of practice. You know, we've got email classes and the responses we read there. We always talk about how amazing that is. We have the morning shows. On this retreat, I will say, P.S., we're having a ton of guidance with the guide, and that's mm-hmm. invaluable. And what I feel like these sessions are providing and that you're pointing at is 
all right, so I'm seeing this really big thing. You know, maybe I've encountered a, a very strong pattern that I've suddenly noticed, you know, and I realize, my God, it's been there the whole time. Now what? How do I work right. with Right, and this is right. this is to get to sit down with someone for a period of time, and and you could do it multiple times, right, mm -hmm. with the same mm -hmm. thing, and mm -hmm. deeper, deeper with how am I going to practice with this now that I've seen it? Yes, 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 and I I, I want to add to that that what the process Q and A with Ashwini is um, to me what happened or what I'm seeing with it is it's like. Um, it really brought to life for me how we bring compassionate, conscious compassionate awareness to what we're practicing with, you know. And, you know, it's sort of like the ego's version of compassion is like, well, it's okay, it doesn't matter, um, you know, next time or whatever it says. And it's very specific uh, how we train with whatever workshop we're in or whatever habit or behavior or process that I'm looking at, how we actually bring compassionate awareness to that. Yes. Yes. It is specific, isn't it? It's very mm -hmm. specific how to go about doing that. Yes. 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 Because, it, again, it could seem kind of vague in a way, but it, it isn't. And, um, yeah. And so what I saw for myself was I was looking at a habit that I've had for a long time, and... And I saw that I, I actually see the habit through the, through, it's a conditioned habit that I see through the eyes of conditioning, and, and so hence I try and work with it in that in a conditioned way, and um, and it creates a kind of a stuckness, you know, and anyway, so then well, the, Virginia, if I may, mm -hmm. just quickly before yes. you go on, because you say that so matter of factly. Right. So <laughs> the long-standing pattern and, you know, and I project, you know, because you've been practicing awareness a long time and you, you know, this pattern exists, that in a sense, it feels like you've been looking at it, but you just mm -hmm. said something huge, which is that you had the realization, you had the insight that you've been looking at it through the eyes of conditioning. Yeah. And so that then just becomes, I mean, often we get deeper and deeper into it. So to have that insight of, wow, I've simply been, lo been looking at this through the eyes of conditioning instead of actually being aware of it is the kind of thing that can be facilitated in these Q&A sessions. Yes, exactly. And, and that's why I said that the, the Q&A really helped bring to life for me how we bring conscious, compassionate awareness to whatever we're, we're looking at or what we're working with. Yeah. Perfect. Because because I have been looking at it and through this you know in this other this other lens and um, it's a little bit noisy here where I'm at. I'm, but um, anyhow, you can hear me okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So so it's so really flipping. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. It's just really flipping the conditioned approach on its head. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing, that I project that really opens up for you how you can work with this longstanding thing. Right, exactly. And the, the thing that I was looking at, I know I'm kind of keeping my eye on the time too, but I was, I was, I've been looking at this thing of like watching videos in the evening. And, you know, it's interesting, Jen, because when I see it through the eyes of conditioning, it just seems like kind of a monolithic block or brick, you know, that right. is solid and there's no space in it it's just uh, like that and um and what i just what's being revealed is that when i get when i take, approach it with an attitude of inquiry or curiosity um there's all there's all kinds of different ways to um be curious about it yeah which is actually looking at it where <laughs> Right? Instead of just essentially on some level being beaten about it. Now you right. yeah. actually look at it. Yeah. And that's it. Really, that, thank you. That really sums it up. Yes, exactly. Yes, cause, exactly. Because that with the condition, looking at it through the eyes of conditioning is just a, uh, a loop, a conditioned loop of beatings and self-hatred and doing the behavior. And the other way, it just brings like a fresh, like a, like a freshness. Yeah. 
to the, you know, like a little breeze can kind of start to filter through it. And honestly, I, I don't know how long, I don't know if I would have come to this on my own, but just even getting curious about it mm. in ways that, um, in ways that I wouldn't have occurred to me, firstly, and also secondly, that then transform what this conditioned habit into um, a way to, it transforms this conditioned habit into the pathway to my awakening. Yeah. And you know what's fun, Virginia? I just saw this. I, I don't know if the content of this is, is so for you, but just it underscores the potential process, which is what's so funny about what you're describing is on retreat, you, you would be, what, in your hermitage or, you know, in the dorm yeah. or whatever, and there'd be no, you'd be, you know, you could look at this and you could process map it, but you wouldn't encounter it. Whereas right. project you go home to your place you're staying each evening and potentially you encounter it. And maybe you don't because maybe it isn't, I don't know, you know, it may not be, um, it may not be drawing your attention. But if it were, that's a perfect example of how you would have the opportunity to encounter mm -hmm. that within the retreat environment. Right. Yes. So. Yes. And, and then further be guided, you know, how I'm working with this. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's and an I, opportunity to practice. Mm -hmm. I, I'm also looking at the time, Virginia, but I have to say one more thing because it was so fun as you were describing that. That one of the things I realized that I love so much about Summer of Sangha is that there's so much guidance. There's working meditation some days, so we often people mm -hmm. I do see a ton in that, and there are these Q and A sessions, and then we have groups. So it's like right. each person has this like I don't know like amazing mysterious package that they're looking at yes. and they bring it to right. group and we all get to see what they've seen about it <laughs> you know so it's right. this unfolding mystery every day right yes yes absolutely yeah. i just want to say one other thing really quickly Please. jen is then what what happened what i guess what i'm seeing in this process is my life doesn't have to change for mm. me to practice awareness or to be you know to be happy to be in conscious compassion and awareness like because because whatever shows up i can i practice with that that's right oh that is it yes yeah <laughs> that's true freedom yeah. isn't it yeah yeah so the, before what was hated or you know pushed away you know like wanting to reject it or get it out of my life and then i'll be okay it's it's actually it's actually not that <laughs> it's actually oh you're here now i get to um see what causes me to suffer so I can drop that. Yeah. And yeah. suffering. Yeah. Amen. Well, Virginia, okay. thank you so thank much you. for being with us today to talk about it. Oh, thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Gasho. Gasho. Bye-bye. Bye. And welcome back, Ashwini. Hey, Jess. Mm. <laughs> we, could, we could have gone on and on. It really is a fun yeah. process. Just all of it. Yeah, well... And we, we hope we can offer it, not just through Summer Sangha, but maybe for the larger Sangha virtually at some point. Mm, it would be wonderful. It would be wonderful mm -hmm. to do that. Yeah, it really is. a It's a, another um, fabulous tool for us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. We have more callers, and so let's take our next caller. You're now live on the air, and would you please introduce yourself? Hi, this is uh, Vanessa from North Carolina. Hey, Vanessa. Hey, Ashwini. <laughs> um, nice to talk with you again. Um, Likewise. That <laughs> uh, um, that last conversation, just uh, that talking about the process and then the like seeing things you know, sort of over and over again and then being stuck with them and that just feels so much uh, like where I am. Like I just keep, I feel like I just keep seeing stuff and and um, and maybe I see something about it or maybe I don't and then, you know, I'm still, I, I don't even right. know where I am, but I'm still here. 
<laughs> feeling stuff. Well, kind of, so yeah. let's do a, a little bit of a mini process Q&A around it because I think that's what you're calling in about, right? Because mm. you ha- you've seen something and what you are, um, what you're attempting to do is ask the question of how do you practice with it, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm, so that mm-hmm. Because, there, so we're ending suffering. So seeing suffering is one part of the process. Seeing how the suffering happens is one part of the process. And usually bringing a tremendous level of awareness to anything puts us a choice about what we choose instead. And you can be in the place that you're describing. We could be in the place you're describing, which is I see the process, but somehow or the other I still end up choosing suffering rather than transcending suffering. Right? So now you, you need a training structure that supports you to choose what, to apply what you've seen. So maybe working with a concrete example would be helpful. Is there some specific pattern that you're stuck around that we could explore, that you'd feel comfortable exploring? So um, I, I guess my sitting, we could talk about my sitting practice. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I... I had had a you know a really regular sitting practice where I was sitting half every half an hour pretty much every day, and um and it's fallen away, and I feel like there's still a vague commitment that this is what I want to do, um, and I guess I guess what I feel like is, and I don't know if this is uh, it feels like part of it is that there's. There's a way, um, and I don't think it's true every day, but there was a way that I was getting to the cushion not in, um, you know, not in kindness. Like I was getting there and I was sitting and and it it was, mm, I don't even know if the word is beneficial, but I was sitting. Uh (laughs) Do you know what I mean? It was beneficial, Uh but it, 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 you know, whatever. So, but then when like push came to shove and I could like beg off because, oh, there's all this other stuff. Like, okay, I, it, I, 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 it fell away. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm, so here's you know thing, what I'm saying? I, want 100%, 100% I do. Mm-hmm. I absolutely do. So, so when we, so let me just, uh, demonstrate the training process around it, right? Because then, then it liberates us to do the training around it. The first statement you made is, I have a vague commitment to sit. Mm. And so then the question is, because what, the way you, you constructed it, what, ha- what happens to our practice is basically that it, it gets relegated to condition to conditioning right Mm -hmm. i want Mm -hmm. to or i don't want to i prefer to or i can or i cannot there's some way in which the i makes the decisions Mm. which which is what we're talking about in that last call on on good news right this practice environment in the summer of sangha is not uh it's not structured it's not Mm -hmm. like i mean it is there's a schedule at two o'clock you sit and at four o'clock you do group but if you don't, if you decide not to come to group, that now someone's not going to come to the hermitage and say, "Where are you?" Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> so there, there is, there, there are some. Or if you're on retreat, you you sort of decide that I am going to follow the schedule, and it's a a period of time in which I follow the schedule. You're perfectly will, you're perfectly capable of not showing up, but you tend to show up, right? Mm-hmm. And that's an interesting process as well. So. The mm-hmm. first place is a vague of training could be a vague commitment to sit. So make go from vague to concrete, and decide that okay, this is this is a favorite uh, training technique. I, I'm going to see whether it's vague or not. So on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, I sit for 15 minutes. On Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays, I don't. There, it's gone from being vague to mm-hmm. being definitive, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so there, there you go. It's a vague commitment because my exploration right now is: Am I committed to sitting or not? If I ask conditioned mind, 
it's like, oh, well, maybe, maybe not. I, 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 I want to sit, but I want to sit from this. Whatever it is, you're just taking it out of the realm of conditioned mind and putting it into a training strategy. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to find out whether I have a commitment, whether my commitment to sitting is a commitment that is, is the one I want to keep. So I have to take it out of the domain of vague, first of all, which is why we mm-hmm. state commitments. It's a keeping commitments practice. So that's right. one piece of it. The second piece you've identified is, for inquiry, right, mm-hmm. is if I sit, I don't want to sit from that perspective of it's the good, right thing to do. I should sit. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? Because if I am sitting from that perspective, I may be sitting, but I'm also perpetuating that orientation to life of doing something from that perspective of fear. And my commitment mm-hmm. to ending suffering is not to do things from that perspective and to do it out of choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Mm-hmm. So then, then now you put a training structure around, uh, uh, around being at choice around sitting, not doing it from fear. And, and, you know, his thing, you can't will yourself into being happy to sit, but we can direct the attention. So you could, you could decide what your training structure is to, to sit on the cushion in a happy way. Yeah? Because, mm. because that's, so, so for example, uh, let, uh, let me take a very small example. If the, if, the, if the conversation I'm in is, oh, God, I don't want to sit. I really don't want to sit today. I've got too many things to do or I'm going to sit because I want to sit. And you pay attention to that. You could decide that five minutes before I sit on the cushion, I'm going to turn on my recorder and say everything that I'm grateful for before I sit on the cushion. Now I'm sitting on the cushion from a place of gratitude. Not gratitude that I'm sitting, but simply gratitude which means that I'm training my attention to be what? To be on the process I'm choosing to attend to and decoupling it from I'm sitting because I'm required to sit, which is smooshing content Mm -hmm. and process. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because being grateful is being grateful. Sitting on the cushion is sitting on the cushion. What conditioned mind does is I'm sitting on the cushion because I should. But you could break that through a training structure that says, I'm, I, I'm going to do a happy dance before I sit on the cushion. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go count the leaves on a tree and feel deliciously delighted by green before I'm going to go sit on the cushion. Mm. I can pick up my recorder and walk towards my cushion, admiring my meditation uh, altar, my, uh, my cushion, my zafu, how I set it up, uh, what I appreciate about sitting practice and sit on the cushion. I could set it up so I read Nothing Happens Next and be absolutely fascinated by why I open my eyes during a sit. Mm-hmm. Read a chapter of that before I sit. And cultivate all of those many, many ways mm. where my attention could be on the process of life that could then get, that could be built around a 30-minute trip. Mm-hmm. Now, I can never say I'm sitting on the cushion because I have to. I'm sitting on the cushion in gratitude, in curiosity, in inquiry, in fascination, in love, in delight. Right, right. Right. And it could be that I was, I mean, maybe this is a bit of a stretch, that I was actually sitting on the cushion because I wanted to, but my whole, the whole conversation that ego was feeding me before I got was, okay, now you got to go. And so what you're suggesting, you know, you got to go do this. What, what I'm hearing you're suggesting is let's have, let's, you know, let's look at gratitude. Let's fun. look at something. Let's yeah, right before yeah. you get there, so that when I get there, that's where I am. And that's, those that's two, exactly right. yeah, yes, 
And you are so, you're so absolutely right. You could have been sitting because you wanted to. It was what you chose to do. It was how mm. you decided to uh, have custody of the attention. That's mm-hmm. your practice, right? And it's a love of your practice that got you on the cushion. And, of course, what we love is what conditioning takes a hold of and gradually leeches our joy and enthusiasm for it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so then we have to double our efforts to be enthusiastic about it, right? Meet mm-hmm. it with the energy that it, it, uh, it, uh, it sends our way. And so you, 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 in the process of that, if you're being talked out of, of sitting on the cushion, now you get on the cushion, you get on the cushion a couple of times, you could add to the end of that sit the recalibration of your story. I just spent 30 minutes on the cushion. If I ever, I, I, that is just, that was a, a difficult fit. I was hurting in my knee. But I sat there for 30 minutes and I watched this and I saw that and, and I loved it. And you can decide what your narrative is, which you listen to, rather than what conditioning is telling you about the sit. So the training structure could be, how, do I, how am I a choice before I sit on the cushion? How am I a choice after I sit on the cushion? <laughs> yeah? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you can create those training structures, however, because your question is really, I, I want to support myself to be at choice, and I'm mm-hmm. not at choice, about the thing that is most critical to my practice, which is my sitting practice. Mm-hmm. Plus, I'm dealing head-on with a specific condition circuit that says, I'm, I, I have a tendency to identify with a process that makes me do things out of obligation, duty, responsibility, whatever. And I'm going to train myself to do it from a very different place. I want to train mm-hmm. to do it from gratitude or delight or love or laughter or humor or whatever you want. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, I see that. I see that everywhere, you know. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, how I do every, how, I guess, there you go. There's that, how you do anything is how you do everything. Yeah, well, I see that well, everywhere, and I just, yeah, I have hit a wall with all of it. <laughs> yes, well, but yeah. that is such an important thing, because the universality of it is ego makes life a chore. Yeah. It's an endurance uh, it's an endurance process. How do I just get through it till I die? Mm-hmm. Where all the joy in life has been leached out because everything is a task to get done. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And not to feel bad about that, right, Vanessa, because that's that process on steroids. Right. Possibly because you have been so successful in 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 maintaining your practice commitments. Mhm. Mm. Wait, I missed that. I was thought I was following along, and then suddenly I didn't understand that. Yeah. Well, we often say that the the ego escalates when it is most threatened. Mhm. Yeah, and then there's there's also things right. Um, the the forms of your practice change. You might be recording and listening a lot more than you're sitting, or you right. might be you know doing something else that that is practice related, and so the shapes the shapes of what becomes relevant in every moment also shift, and that's one to be a little bit. Um, watchful around right we don't want ego to control our practice and so right so there are certain non-negotiables because we know that if they're non-negotiable and they're falling away ego has its little grubby paws on it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah 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 i see that and i i um i also see how um, important it is to, you know, call in and get guidance because I feel like um, 
Well, I mean, of course, that's why we get together. That's why. But, you know, there is that feeling of mm, being alone with all of this and, like, Mm -hmm. thinking about it or having stuff drop in and then thinking about it and trying to figure (laughs) it out. And then, you know, and then just, just having it said out there, it's like, okay, I can, that, it, I don't know if it makes it real or whatever, but it's like, all right, here we yes. go. Well, yeah. yes, you take it outside of condition, conditioned yeah. mind. It's what I think right. our Good News Update was about is yeah. we tend to look at something like my, I'm no longer sitting from a conditioned perspective, which basically mm-hmm. closes all the doors of possibility. Mm-hmm. How do you open the door? You get it outside of conditioned mind. And one of the ways we do that is to call in and talk about it. Right. Yeah. 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 Great. Well, thank you so much. Thank you, Vanessa. Yeah. Gasho. Gasho. Thanks for joining us, Vanessa. And Ashwini, I think we do have time for one more caller. Okay. Next caller, you're now live on the air, and would you please introduce yourself? This is Tony from Athens. Hey, Tony. Hey, Ashwini. Well, I jumped in and unmuted hearing about Summer of Sangha because I'm going to be there in a few days. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, oh, I just, I, I'm just, it just made me all the more excited and even feeling teary. Um, yeah, so I, it's hard to believe. But, um, and it's just been such a, uh, a process getting ready. And I've been, mm-hmm. they say, we've, people talk about how, you know, before you go on, the, the retreat starts when you sign up for it. And um, so I've just been doing lots of things to take care of myself for when I come. And it's, um, I don't always do that. I always do things to really take care of myself. So it's just, I've already benefited, I guess is the way to say it. I've already benefited. I haven't even left home yet. <laughs> so, um, uh-huh. Yeah, how wonderful and how how novel, right, Tony, that the there is so much care that is being taken in preparation for this period of practice. Mm. You're, that that we ready ourselves for the adventure that we're going. It's like training for a marathon, right? You were going to run the marathon, but you really want to train in order to be able to run it. And so, whatever that equ- that equivalency is, I'm coming on retreat, and I'm going to be in a in a time of practice. And so, how best can I prepare myself to be there? Yes, yes, and I. I just really appreciate that, like, something will drop in. Like, oh, I need to get some work shoes. So I went shopping today for some shoes for a working meditation. And then, you know, there's like, oh, I need to hem these pants. I mean, I'm just, and I'm just trying to do everything that I can that, that drops in and, and doing it just, I don't know, with a, a level of care and mindfulness because, Everything just, it feels like it's more, um, I don't know, more sacred than if I were just hemming pants to where to work. But it's like everything uh-huh. is like covered with this mm-hmm. sacredness to some extent. Which, and, and you know, Tony, it's because you bring that sacredness to it. And it, it's, it happens on that level of, this is some, the, the, you are making a huge investment to leave your life and your place of home and everything else and fly across the country to spend however much time you're going to spend in, pra- in a practice environment. That, mm-hmm. that in itself is such an act of devotion. And so mm-hmm. that devotion to your practice, that love for this practice, for your practice and your practice home and your sangha and this place of practice motivates you to be in that mindset of reverence in your preparation for it as well. Mm-hmm. which really puts us in touch with that place of I am able to practice devotion, right? I, I am able mm-hmm. to have my attention on devotion. And so perhaps when I'm hem- hemming my pants this time around and I realize what joy there is in hemming my pants with an attitude of devotion, 
then maybe I hem my pants with devotion all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But we have to go yeah. through that. That that whatever arouse it, it's the Rumi poem about being drawn by what you deep the strange pull of what you love. It will not lead you astray. Mm. And when we find it, we realize what is generating it is 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 what's animating me. And I could tune into that and be uh, be pulled along by it, be drawn by it in everything I do. Mm. Wow. Yeah, I love that. And I do, I love that quote. I, I want to write it big and put it on the wall because that really stood out for me in that this week's reading. Wow. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. I'm very well, excited. Well, and we can't wait to see you, Tony. Yes, the excitement is mutual. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. Well, I will see you soon. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and and so. pack your shorts. Yeah, I've been kind of debating about what all to pack, but it's cool, warm, yeah. So yeah, today is a sunny, hot 4th of July day. Okay, good. Okay. I'm used to hot, so bother me. Thank you so much. Thank you, Tony. Safe journey. See you soon. Thank you. Thanks for joining us, Tony. Oh yeah, so fun to have all these people making their way this way and and everyone virtually too as well. So lovely show. Thank you, Ashwini. Thank you, Jen, and I love I love what you said to uh, somebody on Good News recently, right? That it's it it is Sangha's home, and for us, it's the Sangha coming that makes it even more home. It is so true, Ashwini. And, and if I just I'll say really quickly because that reminds me when Virginia was talking, I was thinking how one of the other really fun things about this summer is that. You know, normally we sort of, if we do a retreat, there's sort of a curriculum or that sort of thing, but the curriculum really is life. I mean, it's always life, but, you know, it's who's on the property that day and what's going on that day, and I won't give a bunch of things away because I think it will be in the blog, but we had such a tree adventure. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it just, I mean, that, that, what was that? Yes, I was just laughing. Yeah. Yeah. It just called forth such a workshop that we didn't know and planned it, but it was just an incredible mm-hmm. workshop that we all got to have, all of us who were there in that moment, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. Very fun. Very fun. All right. All Thanks, right. Thanks again. Thanks, everyone. Go happy.